guys, welcome back to Scene 2020. I'm Alex. I'm Nicolette. And today we have a very special guest and friend, Erin. How you going, Erin? Hey, I'm good. Oh, this is so exciting, our first <laughs> guest. Our first guest makes us feel very professional. No, I'm excited to be here. That's really good. Oh my god. <laughs> We're excited to have you. <laughs> so, today's episode was actually, the topic came up because it was requested by Erin. Yes, it's my expertise. <laughs> um, and we're going to roll with it. It's quarter-life crises, mm. which, um, as we were saying before we started recording, have we really hit that point where 22 slash 23, like... None of us have really reached our quarter-life. That was what I, I was saying. See. None of us have reached 25, so... Really optimistic. But I guess medicine's improving, so... No, I know I'll live to 100. <laughs> I am guaranteed. Okay, I don't know if I want to live to 100. <laughs> anyway, this is getting dark. Well, I just want to... I'm like... Why not? Die fun, right? You want to know what happens, like, on Die Mars. Fun. Um, yeah. Die fun. Oh, I plan on having fun till I'm 100. Yeah, I plan to, like... I plan on having fun until I can no longer have fun, and then I would, like, peaceful <laughs> death. What? Just, what is that? To, like, tap out. 70, and then just, like... No! No, no okay, all right. all right. Sorry, guys, I'm getting depressing. No, not this at all. This episode will be slightly depressing, I don't know. I think, no, you know what? I think it will be relatable, because a lot of people have found most of our content relatable so far, but this is one of those topics that's a bit left of centre, you know? I guess. But it's it's going to be a bit weird, a bit wild, but I think it will be relatable, if not a little, like, dark comedically. <laughs> Hopefully comedically. I do feel like looking around my group of friends at the moment, though, a lot of people are either in the middle of or just coming out of, like, a, a pretty crisis-y time. Yeah. It's silly September. I've said this. It's a thing. No, it's your 20s. Your oh, 20s right. are it's always. It's <laughs> No, my, my voice just, like, broke that. I'm not, like, a teenage boy. <laughs> I feel like we're all a little bit sick and croaky. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah. Look, okay, so I actually... Speaking of, like, when it strikes, mm-hmm. um, I was reading some articles, and some of them differed from, like, oh, you know, the existential crisis slash quarter-life crisis will happen when you're, like, 25 to 30 to 35, like, in that window. Right. Um, so we fell out of that. <laughs> But that said, we're in a pre-crisis stage. Yeah, we're in a pre-crisis. We just have that to look forward to. Fun. Mm. <laughs> but there's like um, a lot of articles that say your twenties are about that time where you're trying to see what fits your identity, and like mm. it's trial and error, and you're asking yourself all these questions, and there are more questions than answers, which is basically what this whole podcast is about. And yes, it's basically yeah, a crisis. You just don't frame it that way because it's constant. <laughs> Yeah, I think as well on the identity note, Mm. I've noticed that a lot of relationships that started right after high school are falling apart now. (laughs) Sorry, Mm. it's really depressing. No, (laughs) no, sorry, but it's it's true. It's true because, like, you know, I like I've been single through my whole twenties. Amen. Yeah. Um. So far, (laughs) lol. But (laughs) we're only three years in. Calm down. Um, (laughs) Your whole (laughs) twenties. But, um, you know, like since high school, basically, I've been single. But, like, yeah, a lot of people that did, I feel like there was that big surge of people getting into relationships in year 12, slash right after year 12. Yeah. And a lot of those relationships have lasted a long time, but now it's getting to the four or five year mark. Yeah. And some of those are falling apart now. And I think that's really hard for those people because they haven't been in their 20s 
on their own. Totally. But it's pretty crisis-inducing, mm. right? Well, it's no, funny. 100%. I actually prefer how I've done it. Not that I have any say in changing the matter because, you know, you can't go back in time. Um, but I really like that the first couple years of my 20s, like out of high school, mm. were spent single because then I found who I was rather than kind of being connected to this other human being and then being without them and mm. not knowing who I was. Because a lot of the people who are falling out of relationships at this point are kind of like, not, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't yeah. know myself, which is really scary to me, to not know who you are and what you want. I mean, it is scary, but I feel like that's one of the things you don't think that would happen, I guess. Like, I was in a, like, a, like a longer relationship, when, like, out of high school. Mm. Like, as you were saying, a lot of people seem to, like, get into those relationships. And you don't really know who you are yet. And then as you're kind of, you're growing up within that relationship and you kind of grow apart as well. And so you kind of realise that you're different you're different people mm. and then when you end that relationship you're like wait who am I am I this like you don't really know who you are outside of this couple yeah. sort of thing anymore and it is kind of scary mm. but it's also like once you get past that sort of scary stage of like being alone like not really understand like I remember like when I first broke up with my longer term how long was the relationship it's like two and a half years oh long yeah yeah but in terms of things like five years I couldn't imagine like that is like a limb like two and a half years is nothing in comparison to like what some people like mm. yeah two and a half I guess is still a significant period. pretty formative years as well it was yeah. a formative yeah. period of time beginning of university mm-hmm. and, yeah. like you're going through all those sort of initial like struggles of like fitting at university and finding out who you are post high school so being in the relationship was like really useful for some of those initial challenges but then like post relationship (laughs) post relationship you're kind of like am I the same person or am I a different person it's kind of a bit of a yeah actually because I always do this I'm going to bring it away from relationships yeah um but I I think that when you leave certain life stages like high school like Mm. uni and you step into work even if it's part-time or like when you've done uni completely and you go into it full-time you do kind of question well who the hell am I what am I doing what's going on any any new life stage and you go through quite a few of them in those formative 20 mm. years moving out as well I think mm. yes yeah totally. make you question yourself and what you want and can be crisis inducing yeah. yeah yeah I think because it's like when you move out as well it's like you kind of become that the idea of like adulting is like a really huge thing now yeah you think about it but like we discussed that in episode four. Oh really <laughs> yeah oh I have to listen <laughs> It only just came out because we recorded it. Whoops. Um. <laughs> so apart from those moments, which are like quite big, you know, moving out, relationships ending slash beginning, whatever. Apart from those big moments, I feel like the smaller moments that these existential crises strike are like at two a.m. when you're in bed and you're like, oh god, remember that thing that you did when you were eleven, and you just kind of spiral into thinking <laughs> of that. Or, like, in the shower. That's just an alternate universe for me. I'm like, I can solve all the world's problems and put on an Oscar-winning performance in the space of 15 minutes. How much water are you wasting? Oh, not that much. It's (laughs) like we're in a drought. (laughs) Rip. No, but it's not that much. It's just that when I'm, like, there. solving the world's problems. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Also causing one, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel so bad. But, like, as soon as I step out of the shower, I'm like... 
I don't know what I was thinking. I was writing like world famous novels in the shower. I like the thought. I, does nobody else have this? Is it just me? No, I definitely. I'm I'm really bad at longer showers for us. I can't really complain. But. Yeah, but I'm not doing productive thinking in the shower. I'm like singing. That's so good. No. <laughs> <laughs> My housemates will tell you otherwise. Oh god. <laughs> but I think the other times that it happens is like after you have or during a really good deep conversation that you get into with somebody or after watching a movie that really strikes you. Mm. I had that actually a couple days ago. I watched uh, The Sun is Also a Star and I, okay, I either don't cry in movies or I shed like one tear and this one had me bawling. Like, Wait, what's it about? Well, I'm glad you asked, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's very much about like... <laughs> like it's a documentary or something and I'm like it's wondering not, why... Uh, well, no. it's kind of informational and a bit science-y, um, but it's like these two people and they meet by chance, but then there's also this, you know, talk of fate throughout the whole movie. Oh, and, I see why you're crying. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was just kind of the idea of being open to fate and... Um, I don't know, it had a lot of parallels with what I was going through at that time. I was like, oh, I can relate to this character and this situation I know. And it was, you know, who do you want to be and what do your parents want you to be and what does society tell you to be and all of this, you know, questioning. Questioning, yeah. Which is very existential and I thought I would bring it up today. Um, Yeah, but that movie really struck a chord with me and so I feel like movies can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, the idea of questioning is interesting. So when I was thinking about this topic of existential crises, I started thinking of crises or I don't know how to say it. <laughs> crisis, crises, crises, crises for plural, crisis for singular. Okay, we did it. Okay, yay. We got <laughs> Freak out, averted. Um, I just think the twenties is just like the period of questioning. Yeah, the time yeah. of questioning. But I don't think many people talk about it, or maybe I'm no. not in conversations with people talking about it. No, like we sometimes have conversations about it, like, mm. at brunch, where I'm, like, <laughs> freaking out that the world's going to end, like, before my, like, degree finishes or something. Freaking like, climate yeah. change, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Terrifying. But like, that's actually terrifying. Yeah. But yeah. that's actually a fear of yours, is that the world will end before you finish your degree. <laughs> Can you go into that? Because we've had that conversation. <laughs> well, I thought it was, like, a normal fear, but I feel like no one else has it. But, like... <laughs> Yeah, I have like this weird like thing where before like I'll finish like my law degree or whatever, yeah. but like before the graduation ceremony, like the world Right like, as the graduation ceremony is happening, like, very right Hollywood style. I accept yeah. the award. <laughs> it's like right in front of you. Like oh. the freedom is right in front of me or whatever. That the earth will be hit by an asteroid or like, I don't know if anyone here is like a fan of like sci-fi or like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh yeah. my God, yes. All like sci-fi. the earth will be like taken over and like built into like some sort of expressway, just like, <laughs> and it'll be like, earth is just meaningless and like your whole life is meaningless. So like, why did you bother achieving this really hard, long degree? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like that speaks to a lot of things and a lot of the questioning that comes out of the existential crisis that we all have at some point or another <laughs> which is what's it all worth because in yeah. the end like whether the whether the asteroid hits or not we're all gonna die at some point we're getting uh, sorry we're getting super existential no it's true you well, are. that's what existentialism is right yeah yes yeah it's about existence right yeah yeah um, <laughs> Wait, this is what we're talking about, Did right? Did you Google the definition before the episode started? I think it's quite interesting as well that that fear of yours 
is like tied to kind of not getting that freedom mm. at the end. Whereas yeah. I think a lot of people that actually triggers it because they're like, what the heck do I do with this? Like oh, after they go finish uni and then it's like, yeah. now what moment? Because I think that's another thing. A lot of our yeah. peers are, are mm. finishing their degrees at the moment and people are starting to ask us. So like, what are you going to do with your law degree? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and like that, that, that yeah. gets me going. Mm. But, yeah. but I actually... Yeah it really kind of gets under my skin when people ask, so what are you going to do? And it's like, I'm going to go out on a limb here. But does anyone have it figured out though? Like, does anyone? Yeah. Do our parents? You know, do no, your I, friends? I, but I think, I want to say that there are some people in Sydney Law School that definitely do have it figured out. And that's a bit, or, or they do a really good job at pretending that they do. Yeah, they do a really good job at pretending. Yeah. But they've got a pretty clear path because yeah. they're very career driven. But that's that clear mean, path figuring it out though, because like they might, it's, is it correlated? Hashtag like, we're still figuring it out, guess yeah. the catchphrase. But <laughs> no, I, I do think that it is a degree of fronting. And even if it is that they have their career figured out, I guarantee you, no one has everything in their life figured out. Yeah. Like they won't have family relationships, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, emotional, mental stability, all of that figured out. It's it's pretty impossible. Life's long. You've got a long time to figure stuff out. Why are we pressuring ourselves to do it all in the 20s? Because it's like a huge sacrifice as well that they would come with having that much figured out in yeah. that sort of path. So they would have to be sacrificing somewhat. I don't know if like, I'm throwing people under the bus here. No, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> yeah, I think but you know right, what I mean? Though, like, yeah. yeah, to have that much. Because like, I remember when I would be like super prepared, <laughs> when I was super prepared for class, <laughs> I would be that way back when. Uh, no, I still care, but anyway. For any lecturers listening, I'm still trying. Um, <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> still doing my readings. Um, like, I would come at a cost of like enormous personal sacrifice, which would, yeah. is a huge personal development, like just lacking. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Actually, I feel like those moments of sacrifice, you don't, you don't feel them happening at the beginning and you don't um, like, for instance, at the beginning of at the begin no at the beginning no. of of the sacrificing. Okay, it's okay, just okay. kind of like yeah. something you do. It's something that falls into place, and you're like, yeah, of course, I'm gonna go down yeah. this path, and you don't quite realize what you're sacrificing at the time. No, totally. And then there comes this point where it's kind of a break point, and you're like, crap, and I don't know what to do when I'm yeah um, yeah. Like you you've know? missed, and then you realize you missed on something. Maybe you should have taken up or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 And that's always a moment of pain. But I think after that, there's growth in it because either you figure out, okay, I do want that and that's important and I'm going to try and get both of the things that I want or all of the things that I want, whatever it might be. Or you know what? Can live without it. But that growth point comes at the cost of going through the sacrifice and the pain. Mm. Yeah. It's just that when you're in the pain, you're in the pain. You don't see the growth at the end of it a lot of the time anyway. No, totally. I don't know if everyone else had like a similar high school experience from me, but I feel like maybe because you guys both do a similar degree, but like you had this sort of high school experience where you like studied a lot and mm. became a lot of sort of personal sacrifice or social, oh, yeah. sort of social <laughs> sacrifice. So that like that sort of habit of, sort of could continue through uni and didn't realise like, wait, I could go, I could do my whole uni in a similar sort of pattern of how I practice my high school life. Yes. But then you realise like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm like missing out. Do yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it's also not yeah. necessary for my life to like totally. be fulfilled. Just mm. have the same sort of patterns as high school. Yeah, completely. But some people still do and that works for them and that's totally I fine. I did it for the first two years, I'd say. Yeah. I was like pretty... I, I cracked it and I think we've talked about this, but after first semester 
of first year, I was like, I can't do this. It's like doing HSC all over again. But like yeah. every single For five day. years. Yeah. Yeah. For five years. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I can't. I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more creative things. I need to do work. I need mm. to like fill my life with other things that make it fulfilling. Yeah. And so that's what I worked on in semester two of first year. And since then yeah. it's just grown. And every semester slash every year I take on more. And I'm like, man, I could have been doing so much more last year. Yeah. yeah, you know, and you're realizing the different stuff you're capable of, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and that's always really refreshing. Yeah, yeah. So those little existential crises where I'm like, I'm not doing enough, or I'm not, my life's not full enough. I end up, you know, getting to the end of that, being like, oh, actually, now it is, and I can do more, and you know, it's nice sometimes. Existential crises can be nice. <laughs> yeah, they can definitely lead to some sort of different, like, I guess, changing of like that sort of like patterns of like behavior and stuff which mm. is like positive in that sense mm. but at the time they feel kind of crap they really <laughs> oh, do yeah. i'm also wondering like i i really don't know the answer to this but i was kind of thinking are we using the word crisis too lightly in mm. some of these situations <laughs> no because all this potential yeah like <laughs> well don't i don't have to think about know. avocados on the machine in we'll get to that using the word crisis lightly <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know i think that i it really you know, I've got a real thing about people using the phrase like mental breakdown yeah. when that, you know, we're talking about serious things. Um, and same with like, you know, I feel like people throw around the phrase panic attack quite a lot as well. Yeah. Um, and things like that. And I don't know the answer to this because in one sense, it's really our crisis, crises, crises. <laughs> help. Um, <laughs> when you have a crisis about the right. crisis, crises. Know, yeah, I'm having one right now. Um, but yeah, like an existential crisis, it, it, there's a reason we call it that yeah but then I do wonder as well I'm like is this just the uncertainty of your 20s that we're you know I don't know no I mean yeah I think it's that's a good question yeah we don't know the answer either but no I feel like yeah I don't know what else we'd call it but I do feel like you can have those little moments of freaking out I so you know this because uh-huh. I call you every time it happens <laughs> but I every now and then I just you know, if things aren't going well in my love life, I'm just like, I'm going to die alone. And it's very dramatic, <laughs> but I fully believe it at the time when I'm saying it. And I like, I'll ring up Nicolette and I'll be like, um, yeah, just, just quick question. Am I going to die alone? And you'll be like, not yes, no, I don't know. Like, no, I'm always I'm, on the no. You're always on the no, but then one time you were like, well, we all do. And I was like, touche. <laughs> Sorry, I get really real. Oh, wow, that's it's really real. dark. It's real. No, but, you're born um, with nothing, you die with nothing kind of things. Wow. Yeah. But I did kind of realise with that, I mean, I literally had to ban that phrase from myself because I was like, this is not useful. It's not a nice place for me to be sitting in. Like, yeah. every time something goes wrong with a boy, to be like, I'm going to die alone. Like, come on, Alice, no. Um, but I also did realise, I was like, that's me being really dramatic. Um, that's like drama queen Alice kicking in. So she put on her crown. She's just like, I need a phone. Need <laughs> help. <laughs> so in terms of the like dying alone thing, I did realize, okay, that's drama queen Alice kicking in. We've got to like keep, like, you know, take the microphone away from her and kind of bring some reason back into this. She doesn't even go um, here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I kind of wonder whether they're like existential crisis thing. Do we need to kind of be like, okay, it's not a crisis. We just we're just like living in a bit of a period of uncertainty, and that's actually okay. Mm. Yeah, it's not like necessarily a negative thing. 
No, I mean, I think that's a good way to see it. I also think, like, talking about the uncertainty is, like, really helpful. Because I think, like, seeing other people and being like, oh, my gosh, they, like, don't have this thought that they're going to die alone. Like, I think that crosses everyone's mind just, like, a little bit. Mm. Um, particularly if you're, like, seeing, like, you know, other people together and you're like, why haven't I got it together? Like, mm. you know, I'm almost at my quarter yeah. life. <laughs> but that's the thing. A lot almost. Of, almost. Almost at my quarter life. <laughs> almost. We're not there. But that's the thing, I think, is that... A lot of these existential thoughts come from comparison yes. of other people who you think have it together. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, or like social media. So for instance, most negative thoughts come from comparison. Though. Yeah, <laughs> comparison's thief of joy. I love that quote. Yeah. I love it. It's true. Yeah. But for me, like on social media, I remember I, I just went out this weekend and one of the girls was like, oh my God, like all these people are getting married and having kids. I'm like... At our that doesn't age? Really, that doesn't really make me jealous. <laughs> oh my god, you could not pay me enough right now. Like, terrifying. Right, so like, a lot of us kind of look at, you know, other people's engagements, relationships, friendships. Oh, this person went out this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And we go, crap, they have it all together. And they're doing really well at uni yeah. slash work. And I have just, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. Personally, I think that's like FOMO. And I've never really suffered from that until this past weekend when a lot of my friends were in Melbourne for this trip that, first of all, for the past year I've been looking forward to and then things just didn't line up. I didn't go and I could not tell you how much I was on Instagram waiting for people's stories on the night just so I could like live vicariously. And it was the worst. I was like, no one's even uploading because they're all just like having a good time Mm -hmm. and like doing their own thing. But like, first of all, next year, I'm totally going to (laughs) go. I can't not live. I can't live like this. But it was a weird moment because I think it spoke to the fact that I appreciate and value experiences more than like buying things or something like that. Like I wanted to be there with my friends having a really good time. But then even though I wanted to be there and there were all these reasons I could have gone, there were a good long list of valid reasons why I didn't go. I had uni, I had work, like I made money instead of spending it. There yeah. were, and like there were a plethora of other reasons why it was fine for me not to go. And yet I was there having FOMO and this existential crisis of like, I'm not really that existential, but just like, I'm not on this trip and it wouldn't have been that bad if I went and everybody's there and blah, blah, blah. And it was just comparison constantly. And it was shit. <laughs> yeah. No, social media is kind of a, a bit of a, mm. a driver of that kind of... Like, and I've never had that with social media until especially Instagram. Yes. Like, when you think about it, that <laughs> the whole point of Instagram is to, like, showcase the best little snippets of your life. Highlight reel. Yeah, mm. with the best filters and everything. Like, that's, that's literally yeah. what it is. So yeah. I think it can be really unhelpful in that way. Mm. A lot of fun, but yeah. also unhelpful. Totally. Yeah. And also it's like, I don't know, I, I like seeing other people's photos, like my friends' photos that I really care about. But mm. then like when you expand that network out way like mm. bigger, I don't really, sorry, my voice is breaking again. <laughs> I really don't find it like that useful or that exciting to see other people's photos of like how like they're kicking goals and smashing and goals sometimes, and yes, awesome you know things. there are like a lot of people from high school maybe that you yeah. still follow and you're like this isn't actually helpful for me like yeah. this isn't adding a lot to my life to be seeing this and like comparing myself to this all the time yeah see because i with generally with my instagram i will follow friends i've, I've started 
to do that a lot more in the past like six months but in the first six yeah. months of instagram it was like very close friends and then people i really admire and like works i really want to follow and yeah. this and that so it was very creative and like a lot of drawing a lot of writing a lot of motivation but a lot of i don't know a lot of the conversation around social media is that everybody's showing their highlight reel um and i feel like if we all kind of took a step back and had this kind of a conversation where we did show some of the vulnerable sides it yeah would be okay yeah how do you do that in pictures though i mean some people have yeah. done those instagrams that are more like real but like but even though you're picking mm. the best of the candid photos, yeah. right? yeah but i think it's like we were saying when we did our episode on reality tv mm-hmm. that it's fine as long as you take it for what it is yeah so it's fine to watch reality tv as long as you accept that yeah. you know it's it's filtered and it's produced and it's edited and directed like all of these things and i think the same goes for social media like it's instagram is good and can be fun and has a lot of positive sides to it Mm. as long as you take it for what it is which is a highlight reel yeah and you know it's not an actual representation of somebody's life and i think you have to take that into life as well yeah because if you're looking at that person in the law school or anywhere else that you might be in your life that you know who's kicking goals (laughs) <laughs> um, and you go, you know what, they're acing it. I guarantee if you asked them and sat with them for five minutes, you'd find out that they're not. Everyone's got their messiness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I want to hear is the you avocado story. It's got to sound like nothing now. No. no. So but that's, no, don't hype it. <laughs> no, but that's the point of existential crisis is that they're probably not rational half the time. Yeah. No, this was just like a story when I was thinking about how to explain this idea of being like really uncertain and like, yeah. and also just like when you're going about like don't be uncertain about really minor things. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> my life. Um, <laughs> you sounded like what that Simpsons were. Uh oh, I'm in trouble. Uh <laughs> oh. Um, no, I also think it's just kind of oh, just wait, like I'm in danger. Damn it, I stuffed it up. <laughs> it's alright. Um, it's twenties. Um, I just like also this is like really kind of millennial as well because it has like an avocado. Totally relatable so though. I feel like I anyone who's not in a mill- <laughs> not a millennial is gonna like hate this. It's okay. Our audience is mainly like twenty women. year olds. Oh yeah. Uh, I think we're sixty percent women, thirty percent men. So it's not too bad. Well, thank you for the thirty percent man. Thank you for the guys listening. It's the other ten percent. Oh, maybe it was like sixty-eight. <laughs> I don't know. Ten percent. Aliens. Hey, those hitchhikers guide the galaxy. <laughs> I can't do math, guys. I'm a law student. Oh my God, that was so bad. I'm a meme. I love it. That's my favorite quote from the episode. That's it. That's the one. Um. Anyway. Oh my God, the embarrassment. I'm still figuring it out, guys. It's fine. In my head, I was like, that equals 100. <laughs> you know what? I didn't pick it up. <laughs> yeah, you killed it. Um, oh. Anyway, so my initial, like, allegory <laughs> was um, that, you know, when you go to, like, the store, like, the supermarket at the beginning of the week, um, and you're, like, trying to pick... So I live by myself, so I pick my own avocados. <laughs> Independent. You know. That's the core of the episode. This is adulting. Yes. This is adulting, though. And sometimes I can never, like, pick the right one. So I'm always, like, I have, like, a huge trouble. Just, Are like, you one of those people that stands there picking yes. up avocado feeling after the avocado? Softness. Oh, no. I'm, like, feeling the softness and, like, you know, <laughs> thinking, like, and I also can't tell, like, do I want to have it? Anyway, this was my existential crisis because I felt like, it's just uh, uncertainty around it. But then I realised it was nothing and it was stupid. Wait, can you, can you explain the jump from 
the ripeness of avocados to existential crisis because I got a bit lost. <laughs> really? I felt like it was so clear. Um, <laughs> um, how do I explain? Like, you don't know which Is one's it like the you're best trying one? to plan it mm. to yeah. the tea, but you just can't? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Like, I can't. And every week I go through the same kind of issue. Yeah. But that's, that's life. It's like you try and plan it out. And it doesn't work. Life is feeling avocados. Hey, we've talked about avocados. I feel like I'm such a minority. I don't know if everybody else, like, do you guys do this? But I usually just go like this avo or this avo and I pick the avo that I want and I move on. No. You've got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, don't though. I don't think this podcast is for you. <laughs> I'll just leave. That's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, I think to, yeah, I think to end then, I'll share a little metaphor that I've come up with recently. And did I tell you about it, Erin? The teacup one? I don't think you told me about it in detail. You said you had some sort of teacup. <laughs> I had a teacup. <laughs> Something about a teacup. I well, know. I tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> Rip. Um, so basically, all of this overthinking and all of this existential crisis talk that you know you spiral into with yourself on your own. It's, it's kind of like if you were stuck in a teacup, which is a very small space, and you're in this boiling water, and you're kind of just frying yourself to death, basically going round and round in circles. It's a really good positive note to end on. No, but I'm just saying, I think what I've been saying recently to myself is like, okay, you've been in the teacup long enough. Whenever I find myself overthinking, like, you've got to get out of the teacup. There's no point staying there. Either it's going to cool down or you're going to get out. And there's like, you can overthink things as much as you want, but they're not going to get better by overthinking it. And you're not going to find the answer in that teacup, most likely. It's just going to happen with time. I think I also said to you yesterday, we, we had a, a teacup situation come up yesterday. <laughs> and, um, Code red, teacup and, situation. And, and like, <laughs> I'm totally going to use that now. <laughs> and the thing is, sometimes you actually just can't see the way out. No. And so, yes, sometimes you've got to be like, all right, I've, I've been here for long enough time to get out. But I think other times, like, you just can't see a way out. And I think I said to you on the phone, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you just got to do a couple more laps in the teacup and you'll find, like, you'll find the ladder out, you know. Like, so sometimes it is also just being, like, recognising the, the like, little bubble that, of thought that you've put yourself in and being mm. like, all right, maybe I just need to, I need to, need to sit here for a little bit and then I'll be able to get out of it. Yeah, marinate yeah. in those thoughts and those feelings if you don't see a way out, but you'll get there. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. I liked when you said that. I was very confident. I was like, okay, I'm going to get out. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) This has been very insightful. We actually got through a lot. We've gone through teacups and avocados and... Dying alone and... (laughs) (laughs) And it's been very insightful, I hope. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming in, Aaron. It's fun to chat. Thanks for talking through the crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have um, some more guests on in upcoming episodes but it was great to have you as the first one yeah so exciting thank you so much for listening to this episode of seeing 2020 you can follow us on instagram and twitter at seeing underscore 2020 and don't forget to follow this podcast on spotify if you have a friend or 20 you think would love to join our conversation please share this podcast with them in the meantime we hope you have a beautiful day and we'll talk soon